Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. JT and Looney Podcast, powered by Bet Online, the number one spot, the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, sports developments, including this year's Wimbledon Finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website now, Bet Online. Use your phone or your home PC. And remember, if you're friends with JT and Looney and you haven't signed up at Bet Online yet, you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just for being friends or tolerating the JT and Looney podcast. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, as in the BELIEVE, Radio Network, B-L-E-A-V, and get your bonus and get into the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. And now the podcast starts, damn it. Episode 134. You know, I listen to David Spade and Dana Carvey have a podcast called Eye on the Wall. And I listened to it as we I drove from Southern California to Vegas there and back. And our I think ours is just as good, if not better. We just don't have a guest from Saturday Night Live every week. Right, right. Uh, well, something I want to get this out in the beginning of the podcast for everybody. Next week, we're doing our first ever Ask Us Anything podcast. So it's a big deal. So you can email us. I'm at talkbrick at AOL.com. And I love doing that, telling people I'm still I'm still with that flag <laughs> on the AOL Hill. Talkbrick at AOL.com. And you can type in anything and ask us anything. Tom, your email, please. Looneyonfox at gmail.com, even oh, though yeah. <laughs> I'm not on you know Fox. AOL anyway. still works? Well, my AOL does work. But remember, my oh, the, actually, the Looneyonfox at AOL, I, I, I lost the password. And I don't I can't write it. But but I don't. Yeah, I do have my personal uh, AOL still. And uh, the reason is that I have a very good reason. I think you relate to it. I like my friends to be able to find me, and I like to be consistent. Same phone number, same address, same guy. And it, I, when people started switching email addresses, it's like when people switch phone numbers. It's like, okay, pay your bills. <laughs> Stop switching your phone number. It doesn't look good when you keep switching your phone number and, or switch your email address. I don't like changing my email address. I will have to someday, and for a guy who's obsessed about age, uh, I shouldn't have the AOL address anymore, but what's the difference? Why, why do people care what aim, what uh, server you use for your email? I don't know why people care. Well, before we get into this podcast, this edition, I want to know why you care. See, I don't want to. I didn't want to disassociate myself from Fox. I wanted to work for Fox the rest of my life. I wanted to right. get to twenty years, and for whatever reason, they didn't think it was worthy of keeping us for one more cycle or contract. Right. So you kept Fox in your uh, in your social media. I removed it from my social media. I'm just JT the Brick. You're Looney on well, Fox. I don't blame you. Yeah. And I know you didn't want to piss all over that relationship, and I didn't either. And again, there's a whole bunch that could go into this, but uh, you ended up keeping the Fox stuff in there. Is that because of your best damn sports show years? It's also because of the blue check mark. <laughs> the blue check mark. On Twitter, I found out if I change my name on Twitter, you lose the blue check mark. And I'm very popular at school. <laughs> and that's very important to me. So I don't want to lose my blue check mark. That's why I kept it on Twitter. On Gmail, I just I only use the Gmail to send really large files. When I'm doing voiceover work, etc. Uh, some acting auditions or whatever. 
So uh, that's the only reason I ever use even the Gmail. And I had that originally for for the show. And I suppose I should, again, just open up a new one. But I didn't because I just wanted to keep it. Yeah, I have jtthebrickshow at gmail.com. Okay. And my son's already asked me, what's with the AOL? Because I'm loyal. I mean, we talk yeah. about our loyalty. I'm yeah. loyal to AOL. AOL has never screwed me. I go to my save files in AOL after decades, and I go all the way down, and there's an old email from Andrew Ashwood that I put in my save oh, box, yes. and I read it from time to time. I have time. some of his quotes. Remember, he used to send a quote every day he used to send out. I have some of those saved. Interesting you said that as we tie a lot of this podcast into our mentors and our friends, Andrew Ashwood. I wrote the book, The Handoff. He was a mentor to ours, our boss at Fox, Bruce Jacobs, great sports talk host. Yes. Right. He reached out to me today because he saw me filling in on the Jim Rome show last week, and he thought of Andrew. And he said, hey, what were some of those great quotes that he said? And I said, you know, dare to be great was, was his big one. He'd always sign an email, right. dare to be great. He always said, yeah, babe, when you walked into a room. So Bruce and I were going back with uh, trying to come up with some more. And I told Bruce, I go, well, a lot of his tag phrases were right before he toasted a shot of tequila. So I didn't <laughs> <laughs> so when you're toasting a tequila with a lemon wedge, you know, an orange slice that he liked, an orange slice, excuse me, uh, you don't tend to remember what happens and what's said after that. So, <laughs> that, that is true. And at his funeral, which is one of the great parties of all time, uh, we uh, didn't wasn't there a little tequila bottle in every room with orange wedges? Yes, Jay Glazer mm-hmm. had a lot to do with that. Michael Drescher, uh, that that party, that memorial party at the top of this beautiful Hollywood's Hills estate of Mike Drescher, who's one of the most accomplished and coolest guys I've ever met, along with another guy named Jeff Rowe and his arc and his life in media. And these two guys came together and are best friends. Well, when Andrew passed away, uh, he wanted a party. And we threw a damn big party for him. And people cried it out, but then did shots and told stories. And just a whole bunch of Fox executives were there and people from San Antonio and from Wisconsin. And And what was really cool was it wasn't a work party. So people didn't monitor the behavior as much as you might at a work party, which is really freeing for a lot of people, too. It was just an off-the-record funeral party that was not sponsored by a company. So, you know, you weren't going to get fired for getting drunk or making a fool out of yourself. And people got drunk and made fools out of themselves and had a great time. I got Kevin Durant on my mind because I can't believe someone so successful, so great at what he does, all time could screw things up so poorly. It's got everything going for it. He left the Warriors after two NBA Finals MVPs, which is really the greatest trophy you can win in the NBA. Anybody can be on an NBA championship team. You can be the 12th man. You can make it to the all-star team. You can do that. But when you win the Finals MVP, it's right there with the Super Bowl MVP. And for Durant, he decided to leave and went to Brooklyn because he believed in Kyrie Irving and the fact that Kyrie and him could put together a super team in Brooklyn and win multiple championships. And it didn't work out. James Harden came in, saw the madness of Kyrie Irving not getting vaccinated. This all comes back to the vaccine. Right. And that's going to trigger the anti-vaxxers. It's going to trigger the people who say, I don't want to talk about COVID, even though COVID's never been bigger than it is right now. Everybody's got it that I know. Everybody's canceling vacations because they have it. But once Kyrie didn't play, then Harden said, this is chaos. I'm out went to Philadelphia, 
Then Kyrie opted in, and Durant and Kyrie haven't been talking, and the Nets don't have great communication skills to begin with. So Durant asked, requested is the term, Tom Looney, requested a trade last week. And then since then, I've been looking at my phone for Shams or Woj to see when this trade's going to go down. Yeah, and the one thing you wonder about is what, when it's all said and done in his career, and he's actually in his 40s and 50s, and he looks back, he's going to say a lot of things to himself, like, Kevin, you shouldn't have been reading comments. <laughs> That's one thing. He, you, Kevin, you shouldn't have been so oversensitive. Kevin, you should have been more confident. It's really surprising. And for everybody, you know, for everybody with big goals, for everybody who has an issue in life, for people with insecurities who think I should be old enough now to be over my insecurities, when you take a look at, at someone in, athletically so bulletproof, but personally so vulnerable, it should give everybody, it should remind everybody that these athletes are human, A, but B, that even people at such a great pinnacle of success can sometimes be so so flawed or oversensitive. And I think that's one of the things that's hurt his career throughout his career is caring too much about what's being whispered in hushed tones. Well, for Durant, he had it right in front of him. All he had to do, the Warriors never had a problem with money. They're like the, yep. the Rams now. The Rams can sign Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, and Cooper Cup and give them all the biggest contracts, literally almost, for Stafford at that position. Yeah. And, they, and they fit right. it in. And maybe even Odell Beckham Jr., right? Right. Everybody on that team, Jalen Ramsey, they find money for him. And the Warriors would have found money for Kevin Durant. They wouldn't have had Kaminga and Looney, and they might not have had. The, they wouldn't have had the draft pick of Wiseman, who's a lottery pick and sits on the bench. He's a lottery pick, and he's on the bench, showing how great the Warriors are. If Durant stayed, they probably would have kept winning championships, and they wouldn't have had. You know, Gary Payton II, who moved on, or Jordan Poole, who's one of the best young players in the God, league. He's so good. Period. Right? That would all change. But Durant, you got to give him credit for seeing something differently. Okay, so he said, I'm going to leave the Warriors. I'm going to try to do a super team on my own with my friend Kyrie. And it's blowing up now. And then free agents started. Free agency started. And, man, the deals were just flying. Just mostly contract extensions, rookie contract extensions. We'll get to Zion. And all these deals. And then the, the massive trade that went down was Rudy Gobert left Utah to go to Minnesota to play with Carl Anthony Towns. So you really now have two twin towers. Right. First time I've seen this since, you know, Ralph Sampson and Akeem Olajuwon. Right. And I think Utah got four first-round draft picks for that on top of the compensation. And everybody said, oh, oh, wait, stop. If that's for Rudy Gobert. We have to do that and more for Durant. We have to give up four first-rounders. And I think the rest of the league said, holy shit, we don't have four first-rounders. Right, most people don't. We don't have an all-star to do. So Durant's sitting at home, and he's usually out in the Hamptons this time of year, or wherever he is, and I don't think a lot of people are knocking. But I do expect the deal will go down because he wants to go to Miami. And Pat Riley is a visionary and a legend. And I think they'll keep Jimmy Butler. They have a lot of pieces. I know you love that term. Pieces <laughs> that are there. And they can find a way to bring Durant to South Beach and everything will be okay. Well, you know, here we are critiquing Durant. And I'm talking about his insecurities. And if he can, you know, if he can micromanage this. And I, I, I noticed I wasn't. I'm the not... guy who doesn't want to give up his blue check mark. <laughs> insecurities of not wanting to give up your blue Blue dot, your blue check mark on Twitter. God forbid Tom Looney was walking the beaches of San Tropez without a blue check mark. 
<laughs> great point. Uh, I, he, I, I noticed that I didn't knock that he should be able to work wherever he wants. How often have I said over the years that we've worked together that if somebody's working at Ben and Jerry's and they feel like going over to uh, to Baskin Robbins for more or less money just because they like the location better, then they should be able to do it. We, everybody has freedom of movement within their professions. Somehow we want to limit athletes because you know because they're they're identified with our city many times and we get upset when they do that but he should be allowed to work wherever he wants i think what hurts him and not too much because he's such a great basketball player but and still what hurts him personally is the fact that he worries so much about what the birds are chirping you really think he's going to end up in miami that poor guy is going to end up in Miami. Yeah, I think the best fits for him. He wants to go to a winner. So this is all about our loyalty in sports podcast yeah. here. Is that he wants to, he's got four years left on his contract at Brooklyn. So what I would do, if Kevin Durant was in a cubicle, he worked for a company. Right. And that company had you sign deals. I would sit his ass in that cubicle for four more years, and I would make him sweat every day. I wouldn't let him do anything else. No, you can't leave to go to this company because you signed a contract. But in sports, the only guys who can get out of contracts are guys like Kevin Durant or right. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers last summer threatened that all summer before he got his deal and he backed it up with an MVP. And let me get that plug in for Aaron Rodgers. If Durant comes back this year, no matter where he is, and backs it up with an MVP, which he should be winning, he's in the absolute prime of his career, then maybe some of this goes away. But it's a huge topic about athletes under contract who want out of their contract. And get this, then they want to choose where they go. Wait a second. We can, we can ship your ass to Sacramento, Portland, New Orleans. We own the contract. We are the boss. We own the team. We can send you anywhere because you don't want to be here. We can trade you anywhere. And Durant's one of those forces in sports that go, no, I won't agree to that trade. I will not show up there. So only trade me to a place where I want to go. Yeah, and it's a great position to be in because the uh, the great debate there is, you know, should it be all free agency all the time in sports because owning contracts means owning people and it points to an ugly history, That's a great uh, an ugly, yeah, an ugly birthmark in our American history. And so that, and people get very uncomfortable with that conversation, but that's it, it, exactly what it is. When you own a contract, you're owning a person in a, in a sense and the rights to that person and where they work. It, uh, it doesn't sound right when you just take the sports out of it and just describe what it is. Well, that's a fascinating point to have free agency every year, but you can't run a sports league that way. You can't have a league and a team if everybody can leave every year. So you have to have commitment. And again, well, it's we say oil. we can't, but we haven't tried it yet. We in America, we can walk on the moon. <laughs> we figured out how to pay college athletes. You didn't think we'd figure out how to do it. Yeah, we have. We figured out how to pay college athletes, and they didn't use my plan. I thought my plan was better. Uh, my plan was they are all actors, on, uh, and they are on actors on hit TV shows. Actors on hit TV shows get paid a lot of money, but there's also a union involved after SAG. Make them all union members and pay them the minimum, which is like $500 a show. And remember, I, I said, that's that's the way you do it. That's the way they do it for every other television show on the air. But they didn't do it that way for athletes, and they could have saved themselves a lot of money with my plan. So loyalty in sports, and we also, one of the big things about Durant is he's probably 
a real likable guy because he's putting a bunch of kids. I read an article. He's putting a ton of kids from high school into college, right, with a scholarship plan. LeBron does that with his I love that. You know, people do that from time to time. But Durant instantly because of this deal again because he's leaving Brooklyn hanging. And it's not like anything big happened. Kyrie opted in. People forget this. A lot of guys opted out. James Harden opted out of his deal in Philadelphia in order for Daryl Morey, the GM, to redo his deal, give him more years for a little bit less money. So instead of having one year left at $47 million or $43 million, whatever it was, Harden did a great thing. He opted out so they could scrub and redo the contract so they could get another player which they did, and now Harden will opt in for a longer contract so he gets more job security. He'll get three more years. He'll get more money than the one year left on his deal. And Harden won over Philadelphia, which is really hard to do. Yeah, it is. In Philadelphia, even if you're really good, Donovan McNabb took them to NFC Championship game after NFC Championship game into the Super Bowl, and they booed him every game. Right? They booed him. Uh, But what Harden did is he won over the Philadelphia fans – with PR he helped make the team better and now he's dedicated it's great he's admitting that he wasn't ready to play because now all of a sudden he's in the gym and he wasn't in Brooklyn and Houston and he's there for Durant I never thought I'd say that Durant would be less likable than Kyrie Irving possibly and James Harden but by walking away from four years left on his contract he's becoming that guy well, yeah, people get upset about that, and people get, and it's also, I still think it all comes back to him. He's his own his own frailties, so to speak, but he certainly doesn't have any on the court. He's thirty three. Is he in the prime of his career? You said he's in the prime of his career in the NBA. Are yeah. you in your prime? Yeah, I think Durant. I think Durant because of the injuries he had uh, at one portion of his prime and being completely healthy now. I think that Durant still can do things and do things better today than he did at 22 25 but he had an achilles injury yeah good point you, but you never do anything good, better after you never no, do anything better right. after you have it you're achilles right about injury. that the achilles not not too many people are better after the achilles but i still think he's at the top of his game or near the top of his game i just don't think he can be considered some people say well he's the he's the best player in the world a lot of guys say that in the nba he's not the best player in the world steph curry's better than him Giannis is better than him lebron is more available and yep. better than him lebron oh. had his best statistics of his career this past year and how about nikola jokic who won back to back mvp he should have the he should have the big encrusted diamond around his neck saying i'm the best player in the world because he is so i don't know how it's going to play out with durant I think Miami will be the landing spot. It could be Phoenix. Atlanta's got two great guards now, DeJounte Murray and and Trey Young in the backcourt. If they had Durant, you want to talk about a super three team, two all-star guards who are young, and Durant in Atlanta. And Atlanta's a big market, and athletes like to not only play there but live there after they're done. So it's fascinating to see because he's really the last shoe to drop, and we're waiting on KD. Atlanta is just one of those generic teams in our lifetime that sometimes can be real, much like the Braves, can be can be winners but never do anything. There's never been, you know, the, the Atlanta Hawks have never had a signature championship in our lifetime. They've just always been there. And I think that hurts them with free agency. There's, there's something about, there's something generic about the Atlanta Hawks brand, and probably not winning championships is what helps them be generic, that that I think would prevent him 
from, from going to Atlanta. One quick note there, over going back in the hot tub time machine. <laughs> One of my favorite moments together, we were in studio together with James Lights Out Tony. And remember, he had a great boxing career coming up in weight, and he would win every champion, which is very rare great in boxing. Boxer. Great boxer. Up. Right, ended up being a heavyweight, and he was a skinny middleweight at one time. And we had him in studio after he tore his Achilles. And I said, and he was almost fully rehabbed, and I said, this is going to be interesting because athletes are almost always done after they tore their Achilles, and you've made a nice comeback. His manager, which was a woman, wanted to choke me. <laughs> wanted to choke me for just mentioning, you know, how superstitious athletes and their managers management is are uh, i said I, I i boy uh athletes usually when they when they tear their achilles they're usually done and his manager i don't remember who she was but she wanted to choke me when i said that that was funny in regards to loyalty in sports and a lot of talk has been about live golf live golf Greg yes and broke away from the pga tour they're paying these guys ungodly money just to compete and play less but it's funded by saudi arabia and everybody's having a really tough time coming to grips with right. how are we taking saudi arabia money because of their funding of the hijackers on 9-11 and i deeply respect that topic you know i'm a 9-11 right reporter of the families always been so I, I say on the radio the same thing all the time i wouldn't play live golf i wouldn't because i lost my fraternity brother <clears throat> james joseph kelly I wouldn't play. If other guys are going to play, I understand why, because they're getting all this money. And Mickelson is not considered loyal now because he left, because he didn't know how to answer the question when he showed up at the U.S. Open press conference and boom, boom, Christine Brennan. Everybody's just bombarding him with questions, and Phil looked angst. And he, he no, no, only one question, no follow-ups. And they're like, really? We're talking about <laughs> 9-11 and, you know, the Saudis' money and why you're doing this. So Phil didn't handle it right, but... This golf tour now, more and more guys are starting to play on it, and it's another case of free agency, as you talk about. They're the ultimate free agent, an individual golfer, yep. and they're chasing the money, and the guys who are admitting it, saying, hey, I'll never win a major again, most likely, but I could make $2 million if I win one of these tournaments I'm going to play. Yeah, Eddie DeBartolo would like his San Francisco 49er football team back that was taken away from him. He had to sell it to his sister. Now his sister won't give it back to him or sell it back to him because she'd rather have a football team than a brother. I couldn't take millions of dollars to be a talk show host and go on the air and punch down you know, and, to, and to, to, to take shots at immigrants or take shots at trans people or whatever the current popular thing you know or the popular people or the unpopular people to take shots at if it wasn't how i felt and i don't i have no desire to go in front of a microphone in my and no desire in my heart or my soul to to take shots at uh, immigrants or anybody and, and i couldn't take any amount of money to be phony and to do that I, and i was wondering if i did voiceovers for live golf would you know? Would I take a million dollars to do it? And it's a tough. An I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. Or to to be part of the broadcast team. And I could honestly say I don't know. I, you know it really, I think what should get and what always should have gotten more publicity was that that journalist that was cut up into pieces while he was alive was American citizen. 
uh, he was a naturalized American citizen. And we didn't, because his name was Khashoggi, and he wasn't born in America, we didn't make as much, a big a deal out of it, and we should have. And, and so that, really that bothers point. me. Yeah, because you and I work in, uh, in journalism's cousin, <laughs> in sports talk radio, and we use freedom of speech as a way to get a paycheck. And so that incident always bothered me. But I still don't know if I could answer the question honestly if I wouldn't take a million dollars you know, to work for them. And that's really thoughtfully said when it comes to this. And I'll just say there are human rights violations all over the world. Okay, yeah, And with right. our country, when it comes to yeah. issues, other yeah. countries look at us a certain way. <sighs> if we look at Venezuela, where baseball players are from, great baseball players. And if you go to uh, the Far East at times, if you look at Russia, who's in the middle of bombing the shit out of Ukraine, and clearly what's happening with Saudi Arabia and China. China is the biggest country in the world with the most amount of people, and they have awful human rights violations. Right. Yeah, we, we, it's hard for us to get a hold of because they don't have a free freedom of information. So, yeah, they, they have awful things going on. And, and to your point, you know, I don't know that we need to use Phil Mickelson or any of those guys to as pinatas for American foreign policy. They're not they're not in China. They're not working for the State Department. They're not uh, politicians in any way. They're athletes. So this is an American foreign policy question more than it is a Phil Mickelson question. Well, when it comes to human rights violations, we should look at every single one, not the ones that happened 10 years ago or one that happened two years ago. There are rights violations every day and athletes can't keep up with that. And athletes are aware of some of them. But again, we do a tremendous amount of business with the Saudis. Tremendous. Look at your gas tank. And yep. we do a tremendous amount of business with China. Tremendous amount. Right. And we're going to be competing against athletes in those countries in the Olympic Games on international foreign soil, neutral soil for tournaments and all of that. And that's the way I'm looking at this now. I wish there was no live golf. I really don't think there needed to be live golf if the PGA Tour – Maybe and I don't think the PGA Tours wants to give athletes more money because they're getting now strangle held by Live Golf saying, "Oh really? You don't want to change?" And the athletes are saying, "You don't want to give us more money." Did we ever think we'd get to the point where a golfer could win four million dollars like Brandon Grace just did on Live for playing three days of golf? Remember, Live only plays three days. PGA Tour plays four. Right. And he got four million in his entire career. He's made twelve. He made that at one round, one tournament at Pumpkin Ridge in Portland than more than he would have made in his entire life. So it's a money grab. Kevin Durant is in a kind of a money grab. He's not loyal. He's just looking to be comfortable because I guess he wants to be more comfortable and he's not comfortable in Brooklyn anymore with Kyrie. And as we talked about this and you were in studio with me and I really appreciate you coming into the Sirius XM studios in Hollywood where we were talking about the Mount Rushmore of disloyal athletes and on my current list i'm looking for one more we have antonio brown for what he did to tampa bay which was maybe took his jersey off against the jets walked off the field after he won a super bowl that that's on the mount rushmore of disloyal of, of course it is because in football almost more than any other sport the way you bleed sweat you know blood sweat and tears you bleed you sweat and you cry because it hurts so much Sometimes winning, losing, and the broken leg hurts so much that uh, those are the people that you, especially in football, that you bleed 
and you sweat and you cry with more than any other sport and you have you bond with it's a very people who i'm still friends with people i played pop warner with and high school football with i didn't play in college or, or, or pros and and tom brady did everything to get him on that team tom brady risked everything public relations to have him on the team and tom Lu- tom brady doesn't risk public relations lightly and yeah that was about as disloyal as you get well, the point of this podcast, this quick one, before I go away again, I'm going outside Salt Lake City to golf Ooh, with a couple of friends. Beautiful. Uh, this is going to be an interesting trip. I'm going with two of my best friends, Steve and Bobby G. We're going up to golf. A uh, couple of wives are coming, not all of them. Some are traveling. So it'll be one of those trips where we golf, the guys do, and the gals do a little spa or something, or they walk through this incredible mountain resort in the summertime. Looks gorgeous. Right. It'll look unbelievable. And then we'll connect with some big wine and some nice dinners and celebrate my buddy's wife's birthday. But I wanted to drop this in because that's about loyalty. These are my loyal friends. We go on great vacations with. But when it comes to loyalty in sports, I told my son, my oldest son, who was with me on that Jim Rome trip and into San Diego and back. We talked a lot about loyalty in sports and new media versus old media. And I interviewed Michelle Beadle, who was one of the guests. She came on the show and. We talked about it, and basically... Did you interview her on TikTok? No, I interviewed her on, uh, on the radio. On oh, okay. Line. That worked great. But it came down to the new media, Draymond Green, J.J. Reddick. They don't rip and tear down athletes. They don't tear them down oh. and scrub them like Skip Bayless does. does. Right. I'm, I'm getting more comfortable reminding people Skip's an actor. He's an actor now. He used to be a journalist. Now he's an actor. He comes in every day, puts on makeup, and he acts, and they, they go through a procedure where they're acting about what, what they want to do, mostly tearing down athletes on yep. his side. And the new media is about breaking down the game and building everybody up and doing it the right way and all that. But as we wrap this up, loyalty in sports is gone. It's gone because of the contracts, free agency, owners who aren't loyal to the players, uh, name, image, and likeness. The transfer portal is amazing, and the kids should have a transfer portal because the coaches – are able to go from right. Nike contract to Nike contract. Coaches are able to go to go go to their homes, sit in their living rooms, tell their parents not to worry. I'm going to be there all four years to guide your son. Then they recruit that son to Notre Dame and then leave for LSU. So for loyalty, uh, do you agree with us that the loyalty is mostly gone? And then the athletes who are loyal, who sign for less sign with their team again, lose the Super Bowl or a big game and want to come back to that same team when they could leave and try to do it, uh, that is mostly of the past. Mostly of the past. They say that sports is a metaphor for life. It's also a metaphor for American society right now. I can't speak for other societies. I don't live in other societies. I live in this one. And I told you before, and I'll tell you again about my great talk show host friend, Father Greg, who is a talk show host at KAVC in Los Angeles and a priest and a spokesperson for the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. And we were good friends through radio. And he, I once asked him why, why were they having such trouble recruiting priests? And he had a great answer. And he said, because there's no lifetime loyalty to anything anymore. He says, it's, it's happened. Through, he says, that's the entire culture. No more lifetime loyalty from companies to employees. Therefore, employees don't have any loyalty for lifetime to the company. He said, husbands to wives. People get married over and over and over again. 
So he said it's the same thing with the priesthood. Nobody wants to commit their lifetime to anything. And so that's the same thing. And, and, and now we can look at sports. There's no, there's no more Michael Jordans or Kobe Bryants who stay with one team their entire career. Try to stay loyal. Try to stay loyal to everyone in your life, your family, your friends. When right. you think about sports, understand the depth and the gratitude of loyalty if you still, still see it in sports because it is waning. Remember, the next podcast, we want to hear from you. Uh, JT and Looney, share the podcast. Let other people experience, download it. We're adding a video element to it, so there's going to be a video element coming up. And on top of that, we're going to answer your questions if you come on in. I'm at TalkBrick at AOL.com. He's at LooneyOnFox at gmail.com. Ask us anything. It'll be kind of a summer relaxing looney might have a margarita i might have a cerveza and we'll go through the podcast maybe for 10 or 15 minutes if we got enough questions there and you can do it we'll post it on facebook also and wherever you download your podcast and thanks for listening tom i hope you have a great rest of the week here and if kevin durant uh, ends up signing somewhere i will not get off the golf course and run and do a podcast uh enjoy your time in salt lake city say hi to mitt <laughs> Thank you for listening to all 32 minutes and 22 seconds of the JT and Looney podcast, powered by Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.